people. It was a very rocky road to get the Terminator Dark Fate, which came out in 2019, because going all the way back to the first movie in 1984, we here at Cast of the Past had the uh, incredible task, for better or worse, to review every single Terminator film, from the first one to Judgment Day, Rise of the Machines, Salvation, Genesis, and now we are at hypothetically the last movie, because you never say never, but when you talk about the first ones, many people say some of the best of all time. That middle chunk there, not so great. And then this last one, which came out just last year, some people say it's outstanding. It's incredible. But when you look at the numbers, you look at the box office, even the actual crew said, hey, this was a massive commercial failure. So why we are going to be talking about this movie, which we are looking at and reviewing for the very first time on a cast of the past with a brand new episode available each and every Sunday with yours truly, Juan Velas. I am from Puerto Rico. And this fine gentleman, he is from Boston, Massachusetts. He, much like Keith and myself, have also reviewed Terminator films, Ryan McNulty. Ryan, how do you feel about the road to dark fate? Is it really dark fate or or is this a little bit of ray of hope? I think it's a it's a very mixed bag. We've we've had you know the highest of highs very early, and it's kind of been just all over the place since you know following the the second movie. Um, so I, I'm still kind of collecting my thoughts, and I'm hoping this conversation will really kind of pinpoint how I feel about this movie, how I feel about the series as a whole. So this might be sort of a a way a meeting of the minds here that's going to really kind of pinpoint where dark fate truly belongs amongst the terminator films absolutely now from london ontario keith hamilton now keith in your case we did not have the best experience watching salvation and genesis they definitely had their positive things within all of that rubble Getting to Dark Fate, how was that hype level for you? I went into it wondering if that the true Dark Fate was the movies we watched along the way. I mean, I mean, kind of, kind of, really. It's all that needs to be it. said. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty much it. And people, if you enjoy what we do, uh, you can uh, check out the Discord over at acastofthepast.com slash Discord. If you enjoy the podcast episodes, leave that five-star rating on Stitcher, Apple Podcast, all that good stuff, and subscribe at youtube.com slash a cast of the past where you can check out a video version of all of these episodes so you can check out these lovely beautiful faces especially during the the bad episodes the bad movies i think it's a a very torturous but sorry to to derail you for a second i just want to say i thought about that joke at like 11 o'clock this morning and i've been sitting on it since then and i feel so happy that it's been said and it's off my chest the question is it was it worth it was it worth it keith a hundred percent i saw ryan snicker and that's all i go for in life just to see (laughs) that face snicker Rice is like, let's just move on, man. Let's just move on. So, for, I'm for never the fun here. one here, am I? <laughs> yeah. Ryan, we, we, we have fun on Sunday mornings, Keith and Ryan. We have that. But uh, here, we're talking about the Terminator films, just for some additional context, because it's, it's this is one of our heaviest episodes because we've never reviewed six movies within one franchise, right? So, the first one, Rotten Tomatoes for reference, 100% uh, score. 93% on the second one. Let's like never forget the first one had a lot less reviews. When it comes to the third one, we got 69. Nice. And then 
Terminator Salvation got 33%, so we are definitely on a downslope. Terminator Genesis does not make a comeback at only 27%, and then uh, Terminator Dark Fate got a 70%. So needless to say, the third best reviewed Terminator film. Now, I'm curious here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this off with uh, Mr. Keith Hamilton. Keith, in your case, when you look at that 70%, we said on the previous episode that Genesis, even though overall it was a story mess, it had it had some redeeming things. And so we can't even say like it was kind of like the, the top, like the third movie. Yeah, that we I don't think it deserves that. that low of a score at all. But seeing this one with a 70%, would you agree with that number? I actually think that's pretty fair for Dark Fate. I walked away from it thinking it's about a 6.5, 7 out of 10 movie. It's a really, really solid step in the right direction of this ground that the Terminator franchise lost ever since T2 of just trying to recapture that magic. I would say that this movie gets as close as that franchise has gotten, but there's still just little, little bits of it that are still just a huge mess. So yeah, I'd, I'd say this is probably the most honest terminator review outside of t2 because hey i love t1 that is not a 10 out of 10 movie and that also has its faults but as you mentioned it's just a matter of well rotten tomatoes didn't exist in 1984 when it first came out so it's kind of a retroactive thing but this is in my yeah this is the most honest terminator film review score that i think that there is in your case ryan when you look at that Especially considering that the previous ones, I think it, we, we've, we've had very few film franchises where movies tarnish the reputation, right? We've had like mediocre films that people still kind of go back to, right? Even, even like, uh, the, uh, like some of the other, like uh, Vin Diesel, right? We've had a lot of actors in films that they lose some of that prestige. And even going into this one, people are like, do people really care about Terminator at this point? Do people care about the T-800? I mean, how many stories can we say? Having seen this one, uh, what was your take about it? I really think, I think the 70% is honestly a little bit higher than I would grade it, but I don't think it's like out of the realm of possibility that it could be there. Um, we're kind of looking at it through a different lens. Uh, maybe if you just look at it as it's a standalone film and just the context of like everyday action movies, 70% might be fair. But through the lens of Terminator, I think it probably stands around a 6 out of 10 just because you're looking at one of the greatest action movies of all time is in that same exact series. So it's... It really was a, a bit of a mixed bag, but I think it is, you know, taking the other, putting the first two films aside, it's definitely the most competent, uh, th um, you know, f Terminator movie. Then, you know, it's definitely better written and, you know, thought out than any of the other sequels that came after Terminator 2. Is it the most fun? I'm not so sure. It definitely has its moments. So I'd like to dive into that a little bit. Because this is the sixth movie in a franchise, can we actually look at it as a standalone film? Like, is it fair to do that? Because it does have the name Terminator on it. So do you 
are you allowed to give it a pass that way, I guess? I think I think it's difficult, at least for me. It's impossible because it's the sixth film. I, I think yeah. the X-Men films, you can look at them as a good example, right? Where the first three are very different, even cast-wise, right? It's like you have Magneto, you have all of that, but the, the casting is different because of the time period. But you still think about all of that as X-Men, right? And at least for me, when I was looking at this film, I'm like, okay, you could really tell that they're just like, let's focus on Terminator 1 and 2, and the rest just never happened, which I think that was is a like the move. overarching theme of these movies, which is like, something else didn't yeah, matter. Yeah, this is but what, the third the time, time that that's but, happened yeah. now? Let me, <laughs> let me actually rephrase um, or kind of reframe what I was talking about, because um, I, I think I definitely said it wrong. What I, what I kind of meant to say was that we're we have watched all of these films very close together right so it's much easier for us to compare all the different terminator films whereas if you're someone who hasn't seen a terminator movie since probably most people saw you know rise of the machines was definitely big in 2003 the other movies that have come after not as big box office hits so let's say your average terminator fan hasn't seen a terminator like movie myself since yeah. T3 was the last one I watched before this year. Yeah. So let's say you, you, you know, podcast aside, someone like Keith saw Rise of the Machines in 2003 and they haven't seen a Terminator movie since because everyone said, don't bother with the other ones. And then you come into Dark Fate. I could see how people would say, you know, seven out of 10, like, okay, this was definitely a worthy Terminator movie. Or even if they, the last one they saw was salvation or genesis in 2015 it's still been quite a number of years whereas we're coming in we're pretty fresh on every single movie and maybe that's why we're being a little like i feel like at least in the case of keith and i we're being a little bit harsher on it than the the 70 percent actually you know what i I would even say that it's very interesting because i would think the opposite because for me I seriously enjoyed this film. Like, I would easily say it's my third favorite Terminator film by far because it has three faults, more or less, for me that it it did. It took me a little while to win me over again, and we'll talk about that. I mean, one of them happens in the first five minutes of the film, right? I don't think I've ever seen a film that does such a dramatic action at the very beginning. Oh my God, that was so good. Like I was all in, (laughs) in the first five minutes of that movie. And then it lost me. I'm going to be curious. I'm going to be curious about that because I think that, you know, we always talk about the roller coaster ride and the fact that you think about the end of the movie more than the beginning. This movie was kind of the opposite, right? Like my overall impressions was this felt like a definitive Terminator film. The characters were incredibly fleshed out. I mean, like, we have Salvation and Genesis to take a look at. So, if anything, I would expect both of you to be less harsh on this film because it's like, for crying out loud, we just saw two movies that are not great. So, here we have something that's a little bit of rave hope. So, I'm actually uh, surprised to see somewhat of that reaction. When when we talk about going into this movie, because we've talked about six ones, I'm going to rephrase it, starting with Ryan, it's... What were you expecting? What what did you need to see from this movie, knowing that, look, we have, we've had five of these and the last two, I mean, why are you coming back? What did you need to see from Dark Fate? I definitely needed to see something different and a movie that took chances and tried to do something more interesting. And did it take chances? I think a little bit, but I I also think it was a little bit 
of an illusion, like a little bit of a smoke and mirrors. Was it ballsy to, you know, let's just say it, they they killed John Connor. Um, and one kind of thing that I was thinking, honestly, it says 1998, right? The, the uh, Terminator 2 was in what, like 91 or 93 or something. John Connor looked pretty damn young for it being 1998. I, I do just want to say that. Uh, yeah, but and, honestly, and just for, the, con- and just for yeah. context, before we keep going, in case anybody thinks like Ryan just gave, I mean, we are going to talk about spoilers, but literally the movie basically starts with John Connor being killed. And, and what's interesting, it's it's OG John Connor, right? Yeah, this it's is based like on, T2 yeah. John Connor. Yeah, they shot that, a child <laughs> in yeah, the first five minutes of this movie. Every single movie, I'm like, okay, who is John Connor now? Because every freaking time he changes, I'm like, oh, we got the original? Oh my God, freaking shotgun. I mean, he, he didn't just die. They literally blew him up. Like, (laughs) so let's just like summarize the the first two Terminator films, especially Terminator 2 Judgment Day, happened here, but in like almost no time, where the whole thing was like destroy John Connor, right? So eventually it did happen, where they're just chilling in a beach, Sarah and John having a great time. T 800 comes in, boom, shotgun, dead. And that sets the tone of the movie, but not. Really? Kind of, perhaps? They take a very weird twist because, like I mentioned, I was fully on board with this movie during that first opening scene. That is maybe one of the most incredible things I've seen in the Terminator franchise. And a lot of that could be because we've watched them so close together that they have this callback that just turns the entire thing upside down. But then a couple minutes later, they kind of like do a hard turn on the plot and don't do a lot to explain exactly what's going on. Like, okay, Okay, now you've got the two uh, time bubbles. You have who you assume is a Terminator, and then you have the female protagonist from the future of this uh, in this movie, who I spent most of the movie calling Kylie Reese in my head because she was basically just a female <laughs> Kyle Reese. <laughs> And then you, you're you're kind of you're kind of lost in the whiplash of like okay what just happened and why does that relate to this awesome scene I just saw so it, it had a very very strong start but they lose it very quickly in my opinion well yeah kind of going back to what I said is I think it's an illusion right oh look how ballsy we are we killed John Connor great work honestly on the CGI of making John Connor and like de-aging Linda Hamilton I thought it looked great looked yeah, between much... this and like Rogue One it's frightening what they can do these days yeah I think they did a much better job than Rogue One to be honest with you and uh, granted they didn't have to have like Tarkin through the whole damn movie um, so after that I think you know, especially with us watching all these movies in one year, you start to see, oh, we got to check this box, check this box, check this box for, for the Terminator movies. And that's where I'm just like, this is, you know, it's another Terminator 3, but masked. And it's done in a much better way with less BS and more original, I will say. But what do we get? We get another t1000 ripoff like i really want to see them do something different like i know he's different like oh he he has two bodies or whatever but it's t1000 it's 
you know, I think Terminator 2, they created they created the most powerful Terminator that was really OP and nobody's been able to think of like a better one. You know, what else could you really do? That like, he can turn into anyone. But he what can if mimic he had it. swords for hands that <laughs> fought yeah. like he was like a freaking Dragon T-1000, Ball Z character? Yeah, T-1000 also. Could do that. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't have Dragon Ball moves. That's the difference here. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, here here the the CG caught up with what they wanted to do with T two. Maybe so they. I I feel like somebody said, "Hey, let's just movies." TX was a T one thousand ripoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then even Genesis had a T one thousand in it briefly. So we just always see a T one thousand ripoff. Like I really would like to see something different it i i agree it's tough to come it's tough to think of what you could do aside from basically just strapping nukes to the damn thing like i really don't know i don't have any good ideas as far as it is i think it's very similar to like the superman movies where it's what do you do with this character that's basically perfect right because the t-1000 it's like there's no flaws it's you can blow him up he's just gonna come right back so it's kind of just like well, you know, it's got to get really, 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 it's all really James bad Cameron's at the end. fault. Yeah, blew the he, load he, in T two, and they've yeah, still been he, trying he to get it back. Already, just had the ultimate Terminator, and nobody's been able to come up with like a more intimidating one since. Um, so yeah, that's that's another box to check. And then, how many damn times do we have to have Terminator in big truck chasing? you know, small car or whatever. Like we get this damn chase scene in every single Terminator movie except for Salvation. You know, as many in, times like, as they like, have to end in a factory. That's how yeah, many. Exactly. <laughs> that was my other one. <laughs> you, you, exactly. It has to end in some sort of factory or whatever. So that that's my point is yes, it, it took chances and like I said, I think it's a more competent film than any of the other ones aside from the first two but i still like it hit those tropes and i'm like okay yes this is better but how much better we're we're treading these same waters over and over and over again it's going to be i find that okay. so interesting because we came to the same conclusion about this movie but what we were expecting were exact polar opposites. Like, I went into this movie just wanting more of the same good movie I've already seen. Like, going, judging by the last five, we know at this point we're not going to get something that meets Terminator 2. And this one doesn't. But if this was a perfectly competent Terminator movie that had that or got even just a little bit close to that nice balance of humor and action that we found in T2, that's all I really wanted out of this movie. And that's kind of where it fails because the humor is kind of there, but at the same time, it's not like they don't go far enough with that. And it's very backloaded in the movie. So you have to get like, you have to get through a lot of stuff just to get there. And then same with the action, the action in this movie as over the top and crazy as it is, it really bothered me some scenes because you could almost feel the 2019 oozing out of it. Like, Hey, we can do CG things now. So now we're going to have these crazy moves using spears as javelins and just like very very over the top very much not what those first two terminator movies are about and to be like i was gonna say that's every that's what annoys me about every action movie 
these days is, I mean, not every, but the majority, your, your typical summer blockbuster, this is the action and I'm so tired of it. Like, do we need to be floating around a crashing plane, like doing all this crazy shit all the time? You know, like how, yeah. it, it's similar to like the runway in like Fast 6, I think it was, where it's like, how long is this damn plane going to crash? You know, what I mean? like <laughs> yeah, how long like, is this, this is thing the going world's down? longest runway that there's still runway here. Yeah. But I think in some instances, that's okay when the movie like perfectly articulates the rule set that happens in that film, where these are the expectations, you know this is what the bad guy can do, you know this is what the good guy can do, how is the good guy going to overcome the bad guy within these set of rules that the movie has created? The thing that really bothered me about Dark Fate and where it lost its point for me is that they change the rules many times throughout this movie to make it convenient for the scene. Like, okay, you think, what what was the name of this Terminator model anyway? Was it like... Uh, like the, the Rev-9. The yeah. Rev-9, right. It sounded like a car. But the, <laughs> like, just when you think you have the Red-9 figured out, like, okay, this is the limits that he has. This is the boundaries that he's operating in. Oh, now he can turn into two. And then... I spent most of the movie trying to figure out, like, okay, one's like the Terminator and the yeah, other one's the T one thousand, and then you're you're like kind of left thinking, like, okay, well, they just keep escalating all this rule set, and you're kind of left wondering, well, what are they going to do next? And not in like the good way, and the you're trying to like desperately to f- keep following along so you can understand what's happening, kind of way, and that's where it lost me for the most part. Yeah, I thought that they could have easily made some play about... Uh, they don't even acknowledge him splitting into two forms. Like, obviously, they're they're fighting him and stuff, but they're not, like, saying, oh, what is that? You know, even nobody's just explaining... Line, like, what the hell just yeah, happened? <laughs> nobody, yeah, they're just like, okay, they're just rolling with the punches. And I really thought something was going to come into play, like, when he splits into two, like, maybe one form, his true form is, like, more vulnerable, so they have to, like, bait him into yeah, doing that. Yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. And they're really no nothing. You know, I, I think the trickiest thing about this movie grinder. is is victim of circumstance because that we are wrestling fans, and I think wrestling you kind of have to bring it up where we've had in wrestling times where one character they do a completely a complete character change, right? Like oh, this guy's a good guy, then he's now a bad guy, and then if you don't feel like something was justified. You're like, dude, I don't expect don't expect me to just magically accept something happening. We got we got five films before this. And I feel like whoever sat down in the production, uh, I, I just felt the production meeting in this movie of them going like, you know what, guys, here we go. We're finally going to make the good one. Like it is us. We are going to make it. And I honestly think that they did where they failed is you have to recognize that a moviegoer's not just going to go into this thinking like, oh, the other two don't matter because they totally do. Like People sat down. It's like, I don't think anybody went to Dark Fate having it being their first Terminator movie, right? Like the whole concept is like it's the the sixth film. You have uh, Linda Hamilton coming back as Sarah Connor. So just right there, if anything, as a casting choice, just by getting Linda Hamilton in there, you are committing. You are committing to the history of Terminator films. And then just like just to, to recap the story, right? It's not 
it's basically Terminator 2, which is basically Terminator 3, which <laughs> is in many ways kind of genesis. Long story short, uh, John Connor uh, does get killed in this one, which sends uh, Sarah Connor down a downward spiral where she just wants to seek revenge, try to take down Terminators and avenge the death of John. But then uh, a couple of years later, it was uh, 22 years later, we head over to Mexico where there's this girl and uh, her brother, Diego. And for whatever reason, she's another recognizable character right off the bat, and but nobody really knows why. Then we get another Tim Terminator in there, which, as we've already covered, is Rev-9, and the exact same thing unfolds. So even though John died, the, the whole concept of the film is exactly the same to the point, and I thought this was so interesting, eventually Sarah Connor gets introduced. And just when we, as a movie watcher, are thinking like, oh, so she's the next John Connor, Sarah literally says that. Like, Sarah legitimately says, oh, so it's like John. Which to me, it's like, you know how sometimes movies try to get away by being self-referential? And like, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed this movie. I, I seriously really liked it. But I thought that they made some very questionable choices where by committing to the character of John Connor, who's not even in this film, but you can't take that stank off, right? It's like you're still basing this whole concept of the story and what the character of John Connor personifies. It goes into your point of you need to know the the story of John Connor in order to fully understand the plot, right? So they can't have it as that standalone thing just from referencing John throughout the entire movie. And and the whole thing, and, and I actually want to jump into this immediately, and it's, it's going to be one of the few times where, you know, I usually like to bring up some some interesting data. So this movie was a pretty massive commercial failure. I think they lost about 80 to 100 million. I, I forget. I don't have the data right now. We can look it up later. But here's what happened. That John Connor scene happens in about the first five minutes, right? Guess what most reviewers spoiled about the movie when they went out of the movie theater. It was exactly that. And a lot of people are attributing to the fact that by somebody saying, hey, the original John Connor's here, oh my goodness, they killed him immediately. That actually turned away a lot of people. And starting with Ryan, the question is, having seen the full film, understanding Sarah Connor and the whole relationship with everybody, honestly, do you think it was it was worth it to kill John Connor in the first five films in the first five minutes. I think so. That's one of the things I have like the least issue with in this movie. Um, I do think the trailer did a really bad job of selling this movie. I was seeing a ton of movies when they were showing this trailer in theaters. So I saw this trailer a lot and First of all, they spoil Arnold being in the movie, which I think would have been a nice surprise. I mean, people expect it at this point or whatever, and he's basically been in every single one, whether it's CGI or not. Um, but it would have been a nice surprise because um, I, as soon as they said, oh, the texting or whatever, I knew it was going to be Arnold because I knew Carl, I, because of the trailer. Carl, you got to talk about Carl, you know? Ryan. Yeah, Carl, whatever. Um, but... The the John Connor thing, I could see when people hear that, that it would ruin it, especially if you don't, if you haven't seen the rest of the movie. Like, if that's all you hear, you'd be like, what? That's stupid. And then no one would want to see it. Um, 
So totally understand that aspect. But having, you know, seen it and not really knowing that that was what they did, um, I thought it was good because basically this movie is the better version of Rise of the Machines, right? Because while Rise of the Machines instead killed off Linda Hamilton off screen and just said, oh, just judgment, ba- judgment Day has been delayed. And you're just like, what? You're kind of nullifying, um, you know, Terminator 2. This movie says, okay, well, another Term- Terminator eventually shows up, kills John Connor. So now the timeline's completely changed, and, but we still have to stop Judgment Day um, or whatever. So... It, it's just a ballsier version of Rise of the Machines, but is like, you know, I still think, and I think it's better than Rise of the Machines, but um, again, it's still like not this amazing original film. It's just, you know, it's How different competent. would you feel if, let's forget Rise of the Machines, and, and I know it's difficult, but hypothetically, right? And I feel like this movie attempted this, Forget about Rise of the Machines, Salvation, and Genesis. If this was the third film, how different I think would I w- you feel about I, it? I think I would feel a lot better about it. I definitely do think I would feel much, much better about it. But because we've watched five of these films this year, I, th- I think part of that like Terminator fatigue has kind of set in. So when I'm seeing, I've seen all this stuff, you know, five times before. Uh, so I, I think that's why I'm I'm being a little bit more harsh on it. But if this was just the third film, I would be like, okay, is it as good as the first two? Hell no. But it's a it's it's fine. Yeah, you know it's interesting because it's yes that I agree the John Connor thing does kind of suck at face value, but it's one of those things that the more you kind of dig into it, I think it becomes better, um, like better. Uh, the deeper you go because in my opinion the fact that they did kill off john connor it created one of the most interesting wrinkles in the movie in carl or the um the original terminator that ended up killing him it's the most original thing that this movie does because you don't get to see what happens when a terminator completes its mission he just kind of be he like he has no purpose in life and he's just stuck in the past to live his life out it's a it was a really cool wrinkle and a, and a new approach to just this killing machine that they've been building up um throughout all of these movies and i guess it like if you really want to um like break it down it's another reason why arnold can be a machine and be a good guy but i think that was a really (laughs) good one of those this time around yeah that was them in the room like how do we get i mean i feel like every writing room past terminator 3 you know from terminator 3 beyond is okay how do we have arnold in this movie like what do we we justify the fact he's old now what if he has feelings yeah but not really because it's, really. it's a little hard to believe if we look at Terminator 1, right? Arnold was a straight up Terminator that, you know, yes, he was on his mission, but he was also killing everybody in his path, like to a ridiculous degree. Now, granted, yes, this Terminator completes its mission and we haven't seen that before, but it's a little hard to believe that he wouldn't just like 
just start mowing people down or something like that. It's it's. But they a, were he was mowing them down because they were in the way between him and Sarah yeah, Connor. Granted, it, it's just a it's a little bit hard to believe that you know all of a sudden he's just he's just chilling. But who knows? I, I would feel like they're more likely company. to just like shut down or uh, explode or something like that. But who knows? Yeah, because that's the whole concept, right? The one thing I'll give the film credit for is that usually, you know, whenever you talk a big character like Arnold, you know, Carl, T-800, whatever you want to call them, they, they just like blasted the, blast them at the beginning of the movie. And they do by just killing John Connor. And you can kind of maybe go like, maybe that's it. Like, I know he's literally on the poster, okay? He's literally on the poster. But hypothetically, I do like the fact that it's not till later in the film where Sarah, uh, Sarah Connor keeps getting these text messages from, uh, we find out it is in Texas, right? It's, uh, okay, so we, we should all, like, we've been all over the place because it's like, we're just talking, uh, we were just giving our overall impressions, but just a quick rundown of the cast, uh, 30 minutes in the podcast. So we have uh, Grace, right? And she is basically Kyle That's Reese. Kylie Reese. <laughs> exactly, Kylie Reese, because but she's, she's augmented. Exactly, she 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 is not human. She's not a machine. She is an augmented human because she was she's almost about to die. Because it takes two to make a CGI fight scene. Exactly, I, I continue. <laughs> I continue to just think about Dragon Ball Z and Terminator in, in so many different ways. Because even with like the androids in Dragon Ball Z, you can make some kind of like uh, comparisons here. But then. She comes back to the past for the exact same reason as the other ones, which is like the mission now is to save Danny. Danny is a, a young woman from Mexico, and then she's the one that they try to save in the whole process. What ends up happening is that Grace, because she's like, she's augmented, she's able to hack into Sarah Connor's phone and she's able to find out that it is this person in Laredo, Texas that's sending all of these messages to Sarah to figure out By where are all these terminators. Future, future stuff. Future I, I do shit. love how literally the justification for how do you figure out encrypted messages on a phone? Future stuff. That's it. That is literally what she says. And then lo and behold, who is the person giving Sarah Connor all of the information? It is her I, friend I, Carl. I, I, it is Carl. Carl. I have a family. <laughs> Carl. Carl. <laughs> But yeah, people, okay, so <laughs> let's think about this, which is... It's the last so time we get to do this. <laughs> yeah, right. we, no, we, we, you, we'll you, do you kindergarten cough or something next year. <laughs> Ooh, kindergarten. Yeah, oh, yeah, jingle all the way. Jingle all the way next oh, holiday season. Put that cookie down. <laughs> <laughs> Only if we do a double feature of Santa Claus with muscles alongside him. <laughs> please, Whoa. no. Please. Whoa. <laughs> hey, hey, don't, don't say things you can't take back, but... So they figured out that Sarah's been getting the messages from the T-800 that killed her son, which is in itself just messed up, right? Carl's been then, sliding into those DMs. He's been literally <laughs> just sliding into those DMs, man. And in this process, because as Keith said, Carl, because <laughs> as I'm saying this online, I'm like, Man, this is not a great story. Yeah. <laughs> like part of the I know. Movie. The, the, because, the deeper you go, the more it kind of does suck. And then she's hiding her phone in a chip bag. Yeah, and because, he's like, like if Sarah you want thought, it in a chip bag, keep it exactly. in a chip bag. <laughs> she thought that all of it would be hidden in there. So he, his way of 
doing the good to uh, Sarah. Why am I saying it like that? <laughs> Sliding in those DMs and we're, doing we're the good. We're just off the rails. <laughs> Okay, the way to make good, the way to make good by Sarah, by killing her son, because of course you got to make good by that, is by give, is sliding into her DMs and letting her know where the Terminators are. And because, as Keith mentioned... Which is another, Keith, like, just all of a sudden the, they can do that now. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. There's two, there's two things of just they can do that, which we'll get to in a second. But yeah, speaking of Dragon Ball Z, apparently Terminators can sense like energy. Like, yeah, man, the power levels, the power levels. And then it's the whole process that because the T-800 lost his purpose. I, I mean, they have just, scouters. So he just yeah. gets a family, Keith. He got a family. I mean, what and else do you do from mowing, a family. mowing a child down in the chest yeah. with a shotgun to raising, raising a, shot with a shotgun? I have feelings now. It's just, <laughs> man, man, saying this out loud, I don't know if this is the best plot or the worst plot. What would say you, Ryan? <laughs> like this part, not the whole film, but let's think about Carl. I would like to watch a movie about Carl. Would, would you, you like to watch a movie about Carl? Yes, Ryan? oh, a hundred percent. I would love to see Carl like consult on his blind business, or it was um, drapes. They're drapes, drapes, yeah. drapes, drapes. Yeah. So, and by the way, for for those that haven't seen the film, it's because he legit legit has a family. He goes by the name Carl. They even ask like, "Hey, how does she not know that? You know, they 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 want to talk about the naughty stuff, but he's like." It is uh, not a physical relationship. It's like, oh, okay. Hey, you, you guys figured everything out. I would Because you have the question, the answer for everything. <laughs> yeah. So what say you about when we finally get this combo of Grace, of uh, Danny, you know, all of her family died. So her brother, her dad's dead, everybody died. <laughs> You're doing it's a terrible a job of explaining plot. this movie. Yeah. All right. In the end, we got... Yeah, Grace is exactly the Kyle Reese. Danny is the new John Connor. And so it's not, you know, first they hint like, oh, it's her son. No, it's actually Danny herself that leads the resistance. So we eventually get to a showdown at another factory slash foundry slash. It was a dam, actually. Um, but of course, they make it into some factory like facility. And then you have the the showdown and you know, Carl ends up sacrificing himself along with Grace using her augmented power pack, whatever it is. That was <laughs> another just like convenient thing of like, oh, yeah. there's nothing left. Oh, wait, I have a battery and let's stick it in his we skull. We have one more final weapon, me. Okay, okay, okay. I need, I need to know if both of you were as upset as I am because at one part of the film, they figured out, yo, the Rev-9 pretty tough stuff right so we need something to take him down an emp and then sarah just goes like yeah i got a guy and then they just get the emp yeah they just get the emp it's like it's there it it literally took them like 30 seconds and and that part i was like you know i would not be opposed to that being a little bit fleshed out that happened way too easily military's involved now it's like what that was the dramatic shift right 
Yeah, they they just like, oh, I got I got a guy, and this dude shows up, and then he gets shot, and it's like, and that's it. Yeah, and, and, and they're super it. okay with the fact he stole an EMP, and they go on a military <laughs> base. Like uh, they even make a line about like, oh, I wouldn't commit treason for anybody else, and then they totally throw that yeah. out the window. And then yep. she's wanted in every state, so it's like, what, what, but. but the movie just kind of contradicted itself. What say you, Ryan, about this uh, this chapter of we finally have what we need, hypothetically, and then I feel like they really go back to Terminator 1, if anything, of tone, even more than 2, because, you know, dark, 1 had that darker tone, and here the movie takes a real dark shift, right? Like, I mean, it is dark fate. It's in the title, right? So in addition to that, it's like everybody gets messed up. You know, Carl gets his arm torn off. <laughs> it's just... Uh, Almost I don't up. know. It still felt like every action movie nowadays feels like a Marvel movie to me, and I'm kind of I'm kind of over it. So like I'm so bored of every fight scene, action scene, unless they really do something interesting. So when they're flying around doing superhero stuff all the time, I'm just I'm really just over it nothing impresses me anymore maybe i'm just super jaded but i think uh, you are yeah i i think so Be- <laughs> because, i don't know but you know what i, I mean this it. this big cgi fight fest the reason it works in the marvel movies is because you actually care about the characters and i think that is the fundamental flaw of this movie is even like i found myself not caring as much about um you know sarah connor as you would in the first two films. And Danny and Grace, to me, they just don't earn it. Like, I just don't care about them. And Carl, also, I don't care about him. Like, I feel like they try to do these character moments. They try to sprinkle it in, but it's not as effective as Terminator 2. And yeah, Terminator 1 doesn't, like you know... Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor. It's it's not like this amazing relationship. You know, it's a it's a one nighter really. Um, but like the horror movie kind of aspect of the first film is enough to like carry it and be like this intense movie. Whereas like Terminator Two is what where they really nail the character moments, and that's why the action matters. That's why it's such a good movie. It's not just the action. But because you care and because you're interested in the characters. And while, like we said, Dark Fate is competent more so than these, you know, the other movies, the characters just never fully land for me. And that's why I wasn't like super invested in the action. So then it's just another one of these CGI action fests that I'm just like, yep, yep, like do whatever you want. Like it's it's not really going to impress me because I'm not as invested because the characters aren't as interesting. I agree on every front, but Carl, where I think that Carl, <laughs> Carl is by that a mile. The, I know it's, so, it's funny. so fun. It's funny to say, here's the killing machine, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Carl. known as Carl. I'm Carl. Vince <laughs> McMahon loves him. He's Carl, damn it. But like that character is the closest in my opinion that these movies have gotten to recapturing that Terminator 2 magic where it was 
they had enough like personality about the whole like, oh, this Terminator is trying to adjust to life after completing his mission. They have enough of those little character moments in there for me to make some of that end action matter. And yes, for the most part, it is just like a CGI action fest where it's just insanely over the top and totally like throwing out the rule book when it comes to the grounded action of the old Terminator movies. But there was a couple of cool moments in there and I actually cared about the stuff with Carl and what he was going to do next and if we would get another one of those personality uh, moments. Like that, I would argue, and even though it's just like, it's 30 seconds of the movie and it doesn't mean that it holds up anything close to Terminator 2 but that scene where he's describing his process of um, like recommending drapes is some of the best character work in this franchise it's funny but I agree. There's some funny moments, especially when you first go to Carl's mm-hmm. house. and But it's not like and, Terminator 3 funny, which was just missing the mark totally. Yeah, like no, they Terminator were on, 3 they was were too the, hokey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree that it had its, it had funny moments, but it's not the same as, like, you think about Terminator 2 and when John Connor is trying to teach like the you know the terminator like stuff like like chill out dickwad and stuff like that it it's funny but it's also like character moments where this feels like there are a lot of just kind of throwaway jokes and you don't feel like the the relationships kind of coming together uh it it just like of course sarah connor eventually comes around to the terminator but it just doesn't feel as earned as T2. And I know we're comparing this to this no, but, amazing movie, but they they don't even come close. That's the thing. But I th- I kind of think they do though in the way that like it just think about it as a Carl bubble where everything <laughs> like all of like there's no it's still it doesn't it doesn't for me. Just for me personally, but mm-hmm. if we're, if we're it gonna does end you... up agreeing to disagree on this yes, one because exactly. like as far as the in like the character development through characters like between two characters in this movie, I think they miss totally, but all of those emotional moments, like I think it's a bit reductive to just say it was just just a couple of jokes from Carl. It's it all happened inside of this Carl bubble where yeah, they didn't have somebody like John Connor to teach him these emotions, but they take the moment to go through explaining that he kind of had to teach it to himself where he spent all of these years like eventually realizing what exactly he took away from Sarah Connor and tried to like anonymously give her her revenge and help her work through it like i yeah. i do but think it's it exists with Carl. character development you know what i mean yeah, it's it, all for, for it's me cheap here's the thing let, let, let me be the middleman here here's first of all as far as carl i completely agree with keith where i loved like the t100 in this movie i really do feel like it is the closest they've come in a natural sense to what t2 happened here's the thing here's my part In T2, he had all of these personality traits without having to kill John Connor. One of the main characters did not have to die for that. Yet here, the whole thing is based on, 
oh, we had to kill one of the most iconic characters in Terminator for them to end up doing the, the same thing. And then That's a good think, about, think about the whole concept that Sarah, for 22 years, she said like she became an alcoholic. That is her mission, right? Her mission is to destroy Terminators. Then she figures out Carl is T-800. And there's like this whole depressive moment that lasts all of 30 minutes. And then she's kind of like, I'll kill you after this. It's like literally the whole movie, the whole movie is based on he killed your son. And then you were just as okay here as you are in the other Terminator films with the companionship, which makes the whole concept of killing John Connor completely unnecessary because none of this movie would change. T-800 is still a Terminator, right? So they could have easily done any other small, I get it, his objective was to kill John Connor, and then because he killed him, he had nothing else. It's movie magic. You can make 80 different things that wouldn't have included killing John Connor. Sarah could have become that much of a better character. You could have included, like, it's one of the rare occasions that I'm like, why did they save that Carl, that T-800 for the for the end of the movie? You know, I, I just don't get it because the storytelling, even when, when they go in and there's like all these weapons, right? And then Danny asks, like, how do you have all these things? He's like, well, just in case, you know, humans are messed up. Also, we're in Texas. I'm like, I want more of that. How come we got so little of that so late in the movie? It's like, it's a, it's a celebratory thing. And that is the one part of the film that it would take very little to do. And and look, if they had killed like John Connor 30 minutes to an hour into the film and did some time-lapse stuff, maybe I would have a problem, a less of a problem, I should say. But literally the first five minutes well, in a beach. Yeah. <laughs> the beach matters. But mm-hmm. yeah. um, if you don't kill John Connor, what's your movie? Because... Right. If he's the the savior and he doesn't die, then nothing really is but, but going that's the to thing. happen. It's like you, even, you can't even establish then. Danny without John Connor dying. No, exactly. But but that's that is the problem that I have with the with the plot, which is that by introducing Danny, they still like they could have just done an, an alternate version of Terminator Two at this point because. They killed the character only to do the exact same. I mean, even Kyle yeah. Reese's freaking recast, right? So it's like, at the end of the day, is the movie really that different because of a few characters? Uh-huh. No, it's not. Yeah, but that's the thing: is Terminator Two is such a hard movie to follow up on that you can't create a sequel to Terminator Two with basically without really cheapening Terminator Two, right? Because no matter what you do, either it's just the adventures of Sarah and John just chilling, hanging out, waiting for Judgment Day. Or you have to kill either like you have to kill one of those characters or come up with a reason like it was delayed or whatever. No matter what you do in a sequel to Terminator 2, you have to negate at least some of what happened in Terminator 2. And that's definitely a problem. But the core of what I was trying to say beforehand is it doesn't have to be the humor has to create character development or whatever. I appreciated the humor in this movie. The ultimate thing is I just don't feel the relationships between any of the characters really gripped me in any way. Like when even rewatching Terminator 2 this year, you still get emotional at the end when... 
are you know when the t800 has to go into the the pit of lava and do the thumbs up at the end like that is still a emotional captivating moment even when you know exactly what's going to happen because you you've feel and you recognize the bonds between these characters and none of the characters in this movie have that at all not even close and i think they actually had it i don't know if it was in the cutting room and we'll never see it but there's one scene with uh i think it's danny and and sarah where sarah says that she doesn't have a picture of john and that she's forgetting his face and i'm like that that's freaking deep right because it's like a mother forgetting the image of her son and I'm thinking, oh, okay. Did I watch the extended version or something? Because I saw that scene. Yeah, I saw that scene as well. Yeah, yeah, no. But what I meant to say is that there's more. I to wanted that. more of that. Like oh, we got yeah, that, yeah. but I'm, I'm like, dude, give me that. I'm like, that is the movie yeah. that I want because that, that, that is why I am so upset at that because I'm not against them killing John Connor, right? Because the story of like Sarah Connor seeking revenge, but then having to coincide with the Terminator that killed his son. That's a freaking amazing plot, right? Because like the psychology and all that, but because you introduce Danny and Grace, you focus so much on the characters that are least interesting. And I actually think Grace did a decent job. I think Danny as a character was far too weak. John had John had style, right? Like let's forget let's not forget like you wouldn't get Austin Labista baby without John Connor, right? Here what do you substitute that with Danny? You you don't actually have anything. Yeah, she because was extremely one note, just yell a motivational speech yeah. eight times in the movie. And the thing and is, that, it like, makes Danny's sense character. because her her brother and father just got killed, so she's not going to be making jokes. Which once again, it's like you create the circumstance yeah. for a character that it wouldn't make sense for her to be yeah, funny I mean, or like, anything. You can do a little experiment. Like, okay, name some traits about John Connor, right? He's like a rebellious kid. He like has a, a sense of humor, things like that. What can you even say about Danny? We don't know like anything about like what we don't even know, like what her, you know, personality is at all. She's just kind of like a, a a family person who you know works at a uh well i don't even remember what the thing that she was some lab or factory because it's all it's always a factory (laughs) but no no i i agree that i think danny is like the textbook definition of a one note character and then once she kind of comes into her own in her movie they just keep hitting that note over and over and over again and just like how many motivational speeches or how many times is she going to be the mediator between the two sides arguing of what they're going to do and this is the plan and then it just it's like that's why i was saying that i think that all of the characters outside of carl are a failure in this movie because they eat they all just kind of have their one note like sarah connor's the pissed off revenge need to kill terminator she doesn't really stray too far from that beyond that one scene of missing john like uh kylie reese is the i need (laughs) to protect danny here and i'll just do whatever it takes to the point of saying like i'll send her down to a mine shaft if i have to she doesn't really develop until very late in the movie and even then i think it just falls miserably flat when we finally get like the full danny story there and then yeah just everybody in that movie beyond carl just has their note and they stick to it and i think there's another part where 
eventually we find out that Danny is the one that future Danny sent Grace to the past, right? So we get this cutscene of why why Danny means so much to uh, Grace, and that's cut because scene. I'm it's sorry, did you game? just say cutscene? <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, uh, flash forward, uh, I, mean, I guess. Yeah, it's not a flashback, a flash forward, right? So we flash forward where she's saving Grace, and I'm like, okay, here we go. Like, this is the personality. I'm saving like, Grace. Yeah, I was going to oh, say, oh, also, that Grace? just hit and oh, yeah. go F yourself, Dark Fate, for <laughs> yeah. that one. <laughs> but then the whole scene, I'm like, Grace is about to be killed off by all these people for survival. Danny comes in, kind of just says, like, no, you would not kill Grace. Yeah, and, they're like, and then okay, they don't. I guess we'll, yeah, I guess we just won't do that now. It's, it's like everybody that was just about to kill each other, they're perfectly okay, and yeah, they could do the gunshot, but I was just like, John Connor was the glue to Terminator. Like, I think, um, if anything, man, I'm actually really happy we've had this like weird topic with this because I think when you look at Terminator 2, Arnold and Sarah are often thought of as like, right, like they're, they're the glue, like they are the film. I think I've revalued just how important John Connor was in, in that film and his personality. And why with this one, if Danny had, and I'm not saying Danny need to be witty and have all these like catchphrases because then it would legit be T2, but have her have a purpose that's not just revenge because everybody's everybody's out for revenge. Like, T-800 is seeking revenge for his own actions, right? Sarah's out for revenge against T-800. Like, every single person, like, Grace is going back to the past because he doesn't want certain things to happen. So, like, give me a little bit of balance. And I think that missing piece is the definite thing that would have made this film. It would have taken it from a, a good film because... After all of this, and I probably ranted the most, like, and I didn't, I did not expect to rant about this movie on the podcast. And it's still my third favorite Terminator film because what is there on screen, I think, is visually appealing. The action, even though, and I agree with you, Ryan, the Marvel fatigue, I think that is even like a topic we could talk about in the future, which is we've had one movie market that has oversaturated this. So we naturally just think like, oh, it's kind of like X or Y movie. It's kind of like the Avengers when they do this and that. And it makes every other film pale in comparison, right? So it's just mm -hmm. very difficult to just act like that's not happening because it's like, we probably see that in one of like 38 Marvel you, films You guys or ever see the movie They Live? It's got Rowdy Roddy Piper in it. No, but I no, know the famous you, line you, from it. Yeah, you need to see that movie because... It has one of my favorite fight scenes of all time, and it's literally just two guys in an alley, and Piper's just trying to get him to put these sunglasses on, and they just beat the living hell out of each other, and it is amazing. It is, and it's like the, in exactly like a, if you were to see two people fight in an alley, this is exactly what it would look like to some degree, and that's why I love it, is because it's very grounded, and we need more of that, and I know we're talking about movies with robots and, and like future super and machines and stuff, but... I, you know, T2, yeah, T2, it has some crazy over-the-top action for 1991, but we've gotten so far away from that that mm -hmm. we're floating around and crashing Here's planes. Here's the thing, though, because in T2, even though it is future robots and liquid metal men, I would still consider the action in Terminator 2 grounded. It, because well, like, yeah. if we're through the lens of 2020, I'm sure in 1991, it seemed like it probably felt very 
over the top. Yeah, that's fair. Be, you know, given, you know, technology and everything at the time. But yeah, if to us looking back, we're just like, wow. The, and it, the fact that it's amazing still, because there's a lot of action movies that probably haven't aged well. But T2 just hit the right note. Yeah, I actually want to get some uh, comments here from this is from the director Tim Miller, which, by the way, I mean, we've t- we've talked about the cast, but the the actual uh, uh, crew, like the production crew, pretty well built. So we have uh, Tim Miller, who directed Deadpool and Sonic the Hedgehog. So two very solid films. It's quite a great. resume. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good resume. And and if anything, it upsets me because it's like. Literally, the things that I would like more from these films, he has done and has done very well. And then we have, uh, as a writer, David Goyer from Batman Begins. He wrote the first Batman, like from the Christian Bell trilogy. Other, it's probably the best written one. <laughs> exactly. And then you have James Cameron involved. So it's like, man, this film could have not been good. It could have been, it could have legit been as good as T2, at least like objectively or, or subjectively. Uh, or I, I it could have say. at least been in the same ballpark. You know? Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, I do have some, uh, some interesting facts here. And uh, let's see here. Let me get them over here. This comes to us from Collider.com because the film, from what I've seen, it ended up making about $60 million, which is nothing. I mean, that is a commercial failure. It only did about $60 million more than what the film cost. And for a blockbuster film, right, that is atrocious. It is not budget loss, but not enough gained. And uh, a lot of people started interviewing the, the uh, director, just asking him, like, hey, why do you think this happened? And then he commented, the things they seem to hate most about the movie were things I can't control. I can't control you didn't like Genesis or felt betrayed by four aka salvation i can't help that uh, to help mitigate the losses of skydance media's david ellison as much as possible miller actually bought ellison dinner when the two met to discuss their path post dark fate and said uh what are we going to do next together so uh, i think they had like this sour taste right and it ultimately i do think it's difficult where i think he felt as a director and i'd like to get your feedback is i get it you had two not great films to go before the one that you made, but just pretending like the others didn't exist to create your own perfect film, I think that was the problem. And even though he did a good job, I really do think we'd be talking about this way different if John Connor didn't die at the first five minutes. Maybe it happened a little bit later. I think the perception would have been very different. What do you guys say? Uh, well, uh, I, I don't think it's entirely that. I. Like, I do think Salvation and Genesis created that fatigue of we we don't care about Terminator anymore, right? They've had three strikes in a row, really. I mean, some people liked Rise of the Machines, but so even if you don't count that, that's two bad films in a row. I think a lot of people would kind of give up on it, and that's part of it. And, you know... Talking about this right now is making me realize why they probably put Arnold in the trailer is because they were afraid people might not want to see it if they didn't see him in the trailer. But it does kind of come at the uh, expense of a nice little surprise midway through the movie. Um, But, you know, thinking back now, it totally makes sense why they would do that and why they would show Linda Hamilton as well. Those, um, I mean, she's pretty much the beginning but um they want to make sure hey look we got arnold we got linda hamilton like 
the boys we are back in town, you know? Yeah. yeah. Except like the one literal boy who gets his gets chest away by, yeah. by a shotgun. The boys are blown in town. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that's uh, a totally... No, not take at all. Take that back, Juan. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, another interesting <laughs> thing, and this actually validates... <laughs> This actually validates what Keith loves about Carl. Guess who wrote the dialogue for Carl, Mr. Hamilton? I'm going to guess it was James Cameron. Yep. James Cameron, uh, two things. So first he said, I'm not going to give my blessing for the film unless Arnold is actually involved. Like not digitized, but actual Schwarzenegger. And then, yeah, uh, he wanted to have like the full hand in developing the whole introduction to Carl. So what do you think about that, Keith? Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned when we were talking about Carl, that is the that section and that development of Carl is the closest thing that we've come to Terminator Two. Like even um, get rid of the fatigue of those other movies, push that to the side. Like that is the closest we have gotten to the great things that that movie did. So it makes sense that James Cameron did it. That's very so James true. James Cameron was writing jokes about drapes. Good to know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey man, of those jokes don't write themselves. And uh, another thing that's interesting is apparently one of the most problematic scenes in the film. And it's interesting because I, I really do think it's among the poorest was the border cross scene. Apparently they didn't, uh, it didn't meet their expectations and it had to be heavily cut down. And I think you can definitely tell because it's one of those parts of the film that's kind of like, okay, it, it happened, but nothing really groundbreaking. I thought Yeah, that... all of a sudden they're there and then... Exactly. Oh, yeah. that, that didn't make sense. It's kind of like, you know, the, Danny's got an uncle. He's going to help me. Oh, you, you totally still got caught, though. So it's kind of like, whatever, right? Yeah, to me, that's my version of the they shouldn't have killed John Connor. Like, if you wanted to make this movie in, like better, if I were to give my take on it, is just take out that entire, like, detained at the border action scene there and just get to Carl sooner. And that way you have time for that character development to really like flourish and have room in the movie instead of like we're already like four major action action scenes deep by the time they just get that far if you got rid of that entire detainment thing and made the whole border less of a or like a less um, of a big deal make maybe just have the scene where they cross it and move on go to texas like i think that's what would have helped the movie flow wise in my opinion because i'm of the mind where like i think that John Connor thing is exactly where it needs to be in order to justify why they're putting so much of an emphasis on Danny. But if they just like got rid of that, I think it would have been a whole different conversation. Another thing that's very interesting, I'm literally reading this out loud now because I, I hadn't read it here, is that apparently uh, Tim Miller and James Kerr not, not BFFs after this film because there were a lot of creative differences. One of them goes back to Carl. So like, what I love is it like... It always goes back to Carl. Carl is in like the final fourth of the film. Yeah, it seems like th this is where things broke down. Uh, apparently, Tim Miller uh, believed that Carl should have been upfront about to his family about who he is, right? Because with his family, he never revealed to them that he's a Terminator. At one point, he told the family, hey, that day that, that could come finally arrived, so they no, just no, go no, away. No, 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 no. He tells them... I will not be back. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, sorry, sorry. We, we gotta. We it's gotta a very important right. detail. 
Yeah, but uh, he- here's an interesting thing, because going back to Dragon Ball Z, right? In Dragon Ball Z, there's an android that develops human, qu- uh, human qualities, but people know he's an android, right? And that makes him interesting because it's like, oh, wow, you're not a human. Here, they chose to actually hide that. Are you in Tim Miller's path where you think the story of Carl, which once again, this would have actually been a a decent film, like a nice drama film with like Arnold, or were you okay with him just sort of hiding? <laughs> Ryan's is going to be, I can just picture like their first comment after this episode. Is like, you guys why are, did you two love Carl so yeah. much? All right, look, Carl was, he's the you know, best there was part some of funny, he's this funny moments. Everybody loves Arnold, but he, you guys are overhyping Carl a little bit here. <laughs> like well, you, when sir, it comes to are underhyping Carl. <laughs> would you Carl have preferred? Carl is overrated. Oh, oh, hell no. Hell, okay, but Ryan, hypothetically, would you have preferred that Carl be open about his path? Or did you like the path <laughs> of Carl? I don't give a shit. Is that an option? <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, what, how does it change the movie? How does it change the movie, Juan? Tell me. <laughs> I don't think, Keith. What are we we're talking about? We're, we're talking about a romantic Jake. comedy right now? Are we talking yeah. about like a romantic <laughs> romance drama? Is this the notebook? Like, would you prefer Carl be open about his, yeah. you know, the, his nature you know, to his wife? Carl spent his whole life just caving holes in chests. What if he let people into his chest Keith, I don't and think showed what was behind it? I don't think we're going to be taking a look at Jingle All the Way or any Arnold film after this. He's going to be like, no, Carl. Yeah. No. Why was he a cop in kindergarten? Why didn't he go to second grade? (laughs) Hey, hey, don't be asking the tough questions now. So, okay, we've talked about the film long enough, and I feel like it is it is the 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 thing that we have to do to put a, a nice little bow on on these six episodes. First of all, everybody that's been listening to this uh, whole journey as we check out the Terminator films. Thank you so much. (laughs) Keith is just breaking down over there. I think that the answer is fairly obvious, but let's uh, actually uh, do our our best and rank all six Terminator films here. Uh, I think the first two, uh, let's rank from the third down. We need need to make a cast to the past list of it. Not personal. This is our collective list of Terminator rankings. Okay, okay. So, number one, T2. Yeah, there's no question. Okay. Third film. Uh, Ryan, what do you propose is the third best Terminator film? I will say this. I think it's more interesting... We got we got one and two out of the way. Why don't we go from the bottom up, moving forward? Okay, I think, so I salvation. Think that makes it more interesting <laughs> because I was going to say number three, like the most interesting part of ranking Terminator movies is what's number three. It's, it's the only true. time ranking kind of like, series is like that. Yeah, it's kind of like what I brought up when uh, in the Genesis episode of there is number one and number two, and then you need to drop about five floors, and then there's number three. That is true. Yeah. So let me, oh, I was trying to do something, but. So we go to number six. Yeah. So we <laughs> yeah, go to so number six and number that's six. Terminator Salvation. Let's okay, not so get ourselves yeah. We have yeah. Salvation. Uh, yeah. Salvation really bland and just nothing redeemable about it really. No. If you want to talk about bad action movie tropes, just the brown and gray that Terminator Salvation is, I think is worse than any of the over the top stuff that this movie yeah. did. That's very true. And uh, I think that 
the casting choices and I think the casting choices here in, in Dark Fate was okay. I think what they did with the cast was different, but with Salvation and Genesis, I think those are two films. I mean, we've talked about how like John Connor's like, who chose this guy, right? With uh, Genesis and, and that mm-hmm. event, which that's why I proposed number four. Man, man, see, I feel so different because in the previous episode, I said Genesis is my number three, even though... I think it's got a lot of problems. So maybe it's my number four now. I still think that Genesis is a better movie than T3. I would argue yeah, that I, T3 is... I would actually is... put T3 at number five because it is just a worse T2 completely. I and definitely a worse had... T6? <laughs> yeah. No. I definitely had more God, fun no. watching... I had way more fun watching Genesis than T3. So yep. I will say... Uh, well, I'll put Rise of the Machines at number five. I and now here's here's interesting. Yeah. Here's the three and four where I, I don't know. Maybe it's not interesting, but like I so know mine. I, I will say this. I still think I had more fun watching Genesis than I did Dark Fate. However, that is also because Genesis can be really dumb at times. But that to me was just more entertaining. Now, if I'm too critique this movie and really try and think of you know obviously all of this is subjective but to try and put an objective lens in any way dark fate is just a better put together better thought out movie and genesis probably just does not deserve to be the the third best terminator movie so i i would aim for genesis being number four also one thing we didn't talk about the fact that skynet is called legion this time in dark fate it's like oh right the fact that they they're like in genesis they're like oh skynet is genesis now and now and then in this one they're like oh no skynet is legion now but anyway i I, dumb they get worse and worse that aside um genesis for me i would put it number four Yep, I agree 100% because, yes, Genesis has its moments, but I think if we're talking about what's an overall better film and an overall better Terminator film, I think Dark Fate, like, ekes out a little bit because for all its faults the bad guy in Dark Fate, like, the concept of the Terminator is so irredeemable in genesis that i think the (laughs) the rev 9 just beats it by a little bit just by how poor it is in genesis and yes like i said genesis no don't even don't even go there with that john connor bullshit okay the john connor t1000 whatever I he was a I feel like he was a the little nano, bit more. It was the John out. Connor nano machine because he had his little yeah, nano right, dumb right. bots. Yeah, he was the Metal Gear Solid villain, <laughs> but I still feel like he was a little bit more fleshed out than the Rev Nine. I'm still not saying that you know Genesis belongs in the three spot. I'm just saying I I think yeah, we agree the there, cra- but yeah, crappy John Connor, crappy Data Machine John Connor was still more interesting to me and hilarious than the Rev9. But hilarious for the bad mm, reasons, yeah. at least in my opinion, yeah. because like I was in this instant I was okay that the Rev9 wasn't flushed out because he was 
he was pretty much about as flushed out as the T the T one thousand, just a worse uh, version. I feel like T one thousand still had like more memorable moments. That's and, true. But, like yeah. they they well, tried to recapture the first, his one liner. Yeah, but also where he's like going around as a police officer and then like impersonating John's foster but, parents and all that. Ryan, I got a question. Did T one thousand split into two and then in one? No. He didn't do that. Rev nine did. Yeah. Rev and did he just demolish a shed? Also, <laughs> wait, no I, I do want to know and this. Said my bad. Like, I'm not sure if any of us know this, but can you shoot a gun underwater? Because Sarah Connor did that, and I I don't know if that's actually a thing. You, you can, can you shoot a gun underwater. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I've watched a video of somebody shooting a gun underwater, and then it the bullet is just very delayed. But then water gets in the chamber, and you can't shoot a second one. Exactly. Uh, at least uh, Google shows me a lot of that, and, and Keith, uh, gun professional, it seems to validate his. I don't think here. that's a good thing that I knew the answer to that question. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> here just we are. Wanted, all right. Just wanted to know because uh, that was one thing that I was like, uh, so do, I don't know if he can do that, but yeah. I do, guess he can. Do we all agree with this list? I, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I think, generally speaking, uh, you know, without question, one or two are not up for debate. I think it's just like, it's it's never been so definitive, right? It's like Terminator 2 is still the one of the best action films of all time. The first one, you know, we we've all of these reviews are available. I think it brings a horror element that they didn't really tap into all that much. I mean, we've seen like hints, but that first one, man, I, I really loved it. And I think Dark Fate is objectively a better T3 and it made me look at T3 in a very different light where T3 looks pale in comparison. I think Genesis is going to be the most interesting one because it's like, from a reviewer standpoint, ob- subjectively, not objectively, subjectively it is the worst reviewed, right? So it's just interesting that for all of his faults, we still like it more than other ones. And I think it's like, would you categorize all of these films? Would you call these popcorn flicks? Would you call yeah. them that? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, I, nah, I think T, t- like, I mean, they all, all are. They all are. I, I don't know. I would think you call T2 Dark Fate a, a popcorn flick? Oh, 100%. Yes. The only one yeah. that I would question it is T2, just because, yes, there is a lot of action and there is a lot of great action, but I think it's a the little more under popcorn. the surface. But I think that's what, it's like the ultimate Yeah, if anything, like flick. T2 is sparked, like, what are yeah, the terms? Yeah, T2 of? shows you what a popcorn flick, like the potential yeah, of that, one. Yeah, that's fair. You know? that's, a, that's a good point. But yeah, I, I think this list is pretty solid. Pretty much, I th- I think the only spots people are going to fight us on is really Genesis and Rise of the Machines. And I, I I will bet you there's a lot of people out there that will fight hard for Rise of the Machines and even put it above Dark Fate. I'm sure those people are out there. Anyone and those who is people like, need to rewatch Terminator 3, <laughs> but, like, Rise just of think the Machines. Think about this. If the first Terminator movie you saw in theaters was rise of the machines when you were like 10 years old there might be that nostalgia for oh, that yeah, movie 100%. so i could see people you know with the rose colored goggles uh fighting us on that but um i i am completely behind this list i think genesis probably doesn't deserve as much hate look it's a it's a it's got a lot of problems but i think it probably gets a little bit more hate than it deserves it, it does not deserve to be like have a lower number than salvation, than salvation. exactly yeah, that is yeah. just wrong just straight up wrong <laughs> i'm afraid to go into this conversation and yeah we're going a little bit longer but like it is it is the last terminator episode right like we, th- this is it after this that. is a year in the making exactly so 
I, man, this is going to be tough. Okay, but here it goes. Terminator 1 and 2, always great. When you look at this, out of the six films, four are objectively not great, right? People will put them good to below, which begs the question, is the Terminator franchise vastly overrated? And we kind of just got like a really good start that they never later achieved because you had four tries. I mean, not one, not two, not three. You had yeah. four more after that to make it happen. I'm still going to say no to that question, even though there is more bad than good. But then I think that also opens up a can of worms like, would you call Jurassic Park overrated? Because there's two of two good ones of those. And it's pretty, I think it's in the kind of the same conversation that way. But I think you can't consider the Terminator franchise overrated just because of that one shining star that is Terminator 2. Like it is, it is the rare instance where a movie is so good that everything that comes after it doesn't weigh it down. Like it's almost like invincible to the bog that they've created in the last 20 30 years since so it's like even though there's not much really to talk about and recommend beyond the first two movies it's a case that they are just so freaking good that they justify the existence of the terminator franchise in pop culture i i do think the terminator franchise is overrated because Really, the first two movies are the only two movies that need to exist. Even with Dark Fate still being the third best Terminator movie, if I were to tell someone, if you have to see two movies, it's the first. Like, I don't think the third one, Dark Fate is not a requirement for you to appreciate Terminator. Um, And really what it comes down to is what we talked about here, and that is to create a third movie, you have to in some way nullify Judgment Day in one aspect or another. And I think that's a problem. And I think that kind of ignores the nice bow that they wrapped with Judgment Day. Um, but with looking at, hey, having to look at all these movies, yeah, this is this is where they stand. But I, but, you know, where we kind of were for the beginning is see the first two. And if you really, really like them and you just need more Terminator go watch Dark Fate. But otherwise, just watch the first two and you're you're fine. Yeah. Watch Terminator 2 six times and it'll still be great. Back to back, I would even mm-hmm. say. I think I, I really agree with Ryan because as a trilogy, I think they've always, even though they had four films after two, I think they always went with the mindset of, we want that third film. They want that third slot to be the, the best possible Terminator film and even from a production crew, like every time it was basically like, hit the reset button, we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. And the basis of literally every single review we have done is they're redoing T2. Like the very best third film of the Terminator franchise is just another version of Terminator 2. In the first one, we had Evil Arnold. The second one, we had Good Arnold. The third one, we have... Evil Arnold, but and technically not. I mean, when we talk about Dark when, Fate, exactly. Yeah. Because of the action. So I get what they were doing. And when you look at all of that, it's like that is exactly the purpose. But ultimately, 
is the action or storytelling or characters better than either of the first two, which came out in 19 freaking 84 and 19 freaking 91? The answer is no. And you've had time. So even though I think it's quite the experience to take a look at these six six films, I would have to agree that T1 and 2, ugh, majestic. But Terminator is a franchise insanely overrated because we're not thinking of Terminator as a franchise. We're thinking of the story of Sarah, John, and uh, T-800, and Kyle Reese, you know, d- depending on how, how you look at his involvement in, in the series. And um, for, for closure for this episode, what is the legacy of Terminator for all of you? When, when we're watching all six films, what is your main takeaway that lets you go like, okay, after having watched these six, I think this is what Terminator as a as a franchise or movie series like this is what it's all about what is that for you guys t2 yeah can i just, just answer terminator yeah, 2 the answer, answer is terminator 2 <laughs> terminator 2 is what it's all about and every every other movie after it it was trying desperately to recapture that magic in some way and it's just hard to do. I mean, capturing the magic of the original Star Wars trilogy is just as difficult as a, of, of a feat. So sometimes you just, you hit it out of the park and it's tough to ever recapture that magic. And they've tried and tried and tried. And they've had some areas where they've, you know, they've done better sometimes than others. But at the end of the day, T2 is Terminator. Absolutely. So everybody... Uh, once again, thank you so much for being part of this incredible journey. Uh, I think we're pretty proud, right? It's like our first time committing to six movies like throughout the year. Personally, I'm very happy because uh, at the beginning, when we thought about this, we were going to do them back to back. Like we weren't going to review at the beginning of the year. It's like, oh, no, let's just like do all six films. That's something that was over the table. But we realized maybe it's for the best we spread them out. And even then, maybe you get a little bit of burnout because of the movie quality, right? So uh, I'm very excited in 2021 to see what we could possibly cover in the same vein. Uh, Dark, Dark Fate officially is the the most recent thing we have ever officially covered on the podcast. So we've talked about the the, hey, uh, the the Detective Pikachu movie and all of those, but not in a full review format, right? Like this is our first in-depth uh, movie review from 2019 so everybody, uh, please don't be afraid to be part of the conversation at acastofthepast.com slash discord. If you enjoy this, please consider subscribing at youtube.com slash acastofthepast or leaving that five-star review on Stitcher, Apple Podcast, even on Facebook, which as of uh, the publishing of this, some of the earlier Terminator episodes are actually available right there so you can share them, you can have that conversation. And people, up until next time. Arnold, hasta la vista, baby. Because this has been the sixth review of Terminator films on a cast to the past. I, okay. I, I, I knew it. I'm like, Ryan, I, I, get him out. Get I him just, out, Ryan. I just want to say, I just, just, just give me this moment. Okay, okay. Because I am an immature 12-year-old in a grown man's body, I am so proud that I went this entire episode without making a hot Carl joke. <laughs> and that's all. But but by you mentioning it, nah, whatever. <laughs>